0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rx Unedited. My name is Dewey, your inpatient pharmacist. And today we have a special edition episode uh, with a collab from OkuCast. We have some very special guests here to join us. Uh, So I'm Vince, and I am a bioinformatician,
1: meaning I am a scientist who works on the computer a lot and analyzes data, a lot of biological data, uh, a lot of my projects involve analyzing DNA sequences, uh, and yeah, that's kind of what a bioinformatician is. You are also a PhD. Correct. That is my uh, graduate degree. So wait, it's a PhD in what? In? It's, so it's uh, in biomedical sciences, but that that's still a very, very broad term because a lot of people, even if you have a PhD, you can do cancer research. Or uh, in my case, I do microbiome research, and you can go into like many different fields, but it's just under the umbrella of biomedical.
2: And I'm Alan, I'm a physical therapist. Uh, my professional experience is primarily in pediatrics, um, but now currently I'm doing travel PT with uh,
3: more older population, geriatric. Mostly. Uh, my name is Tin. I'm currently a uh, registered nurse. However, I'm in the, in the process of starting a uh, travel nursing assignment. I haven't started yet, but it will be soon. Um, yeah. I, you working in acute care, used to be working in acute care hospital. Now I'm just waiting to start again in another acute care hospital, in ICU.
0: Yeah, the, the traveling jobs are really blowing up now with all the shortages around the country. So. Mm-hmm. it's a a big wave
3: of healthcare. it's like i would say unprecedented you know um i'm not so sure about uh, physical therapy um but there's been a huge nursing shortage throughout the u.s uh just due to like covid and then the vaccine mandate and just covid just really wore out a lot of nurses and just kind of put them either out of commission like i guess retirement into retirement or just, just fell on another profession because it's just too much to work with it know? feels
2: that way for physical therapy too because the the new job that i just started um we're, do- we're going through orientation at least like half of them are travelers oh, really? yeah there's like so i just went to class today and it was like 10
1: kids six of them are travelers so, so what happens with, like, the local hospitals then, right? Because um, instead of hiring the local nurses and, like, uh, physical therapists, like, what about why is, there, is everyone going to, like, different places instead of just, like, hiring locally?
3: Um, that is a thing. No, because no one's applying. Because uh, right now, being a reg- i mean, there are people applying. Uh, it's just a, a lot of people— are leaving to either go in retirement or to do travel nursing because people are uh, nurses are now realizing that travel nursing are paying is paying a, a lot more than you you would as a local slash uh, staff nurse so i mean because you're getting paid like quadruple the rate that normal nurses would be paying yeah at least three three times at least double but up to three to four times what you were getting paid as a staff nurse it's like so, no brainer. Yeah, it's it's pretty much. I mean, it, there are some things that can hold nurses back from traveling, like they have um, a family, they can't take kids with them. Sometimes, I mean, if they can, if they work it out, that's perfect. Like that's that's a great opportunity. You should definitely uh, take it. However, the, I mean, some people have significant others who aren't in the nursing field, have to stay home or work from home, you know, mm-hmm. or work at, go to their nine to five job uh, physically. So a lot of there are a lot of uh, conditions that a lot of nurses have to face if they were to do travel nursing.
0: Yeah. That's like a a good transition into what or why I really want to do a collab with you guys today is because, you know, I've listened to your shows and you guys talk a lot about just being well. Like, how how do you be well? Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, we're not like gurus or anything, but what we we'll we'll, sh- we'll share. Yeah, we'll share what we help what helps us. You know, that's basically what it is. Like,
2: we're talking from very personal experience. Like, I've had trouble with this, and this is how I've dealt with it. You know, or like, um, this has this idea or thought got me stuck, and then this is the the strategies that I took to fix it. And we just put it out there in the hopes that people will you know, learn something from it.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's not, or that's the thing that a lot of people aren't realizing is they're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they're going through, they're not alone. Like, we all have our own struggles, our own problems, and our own obstacles in everyday life that we overcome. So you're never alone in whatever issue, whatever problem that you're going through. There, like, There's likely someone else out there who, is either going through the same thing or has been through the same thing, and can definitely share their experience and help you get over what you're get over whatever you're trying to get over. Uh, right.
2: How much mental health stuff do you have to deal with? With do you have patients that you see regularly, like they come in week to week or month to month, and then they recognize you? Um.
0: So I don't do a lot of patient education on on what I do. Uh, like there are other pharmacists who's like really heavy with education, so they definitely see repeats like of patients coming yeah. coming back. But for me it's not just even patients, it's like the people that I work with. Or That's true. it's the people that I know or like the like my friends for example, or yeah, like the people that I work with, you know, are, or the people that that I encounter and that, that confide in me. So it's just like, plus now I feel like there's a big push for mental health just because of COVID in the last couple of years. I feel like people are cooped up inside and, you know, more people are getting getting depressed and having more, you know, like, because just because they're they're socializing less. So they don't have anyone to talk to and then it, be- it become a big problem. And with burnout, too, like what Tin was saying, yeah, like yeah. nurses are leaving because they feel burnout, you know, all the pressure, all this. Covid in general has been such a huge, like, dark cloud
2: over mental health. It's like it affects nurses' mental health. It affects like everyday people who are just afraid to go outside or like afraid to hang out with their own
0: family members. You know? Yeah. Uh, it also ignites like an, an like a, a darker side in people, like because all people are angrier, right? they can't do now now they're being told they can't do this they can't do that they can't go here they can't go there you know and when they go to work they have to deal with like especially in the healthcare field they have to like see people like back when covid was at its peak like people were dying left and right because of covid so like it's 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 a tough place to be in during that time especially for nurses
1: yeah all the stress like builds up from work and
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, Definitely, I
3: would say, like, during my work, in the heaviest times of COVID, it just felt like, I mean, when you get in this profession, I don't know, people have different reasons for it, like, either money or actually to help people. For me, I went in because I thought, like, I mean, I know I want to help people. However, in this case, whenever I'm coming to work, I just feel like I'm not really saving anyone. I'm more so just kind of prolonging their death. In an ICU bed. And so, it was so let me good. ask
2: you this then, Ten. It just felt H- bad. How did you manage to avoid the burnout? How did you avoid getting, like, so weighed down by all this, like, death that other nurses, you know? Like, other nurses are quitting their jobs because of this. How did you survive it? I
3: don't know. I, <laughs> I uh, Honestly, I just, I was, there was a one point where I was really stretched Then i was talking to my coworker. i was like i it was bad but i was being tripled in an icu and that's a very unsafe scenario that you don't want to be yourself in yeah. um tripled we were, meaning you had three patients a three patient assignment for one nurse in an icu where like any of them could be critically unstable and like mm-hmm. you know a code can happen um which would be very bad it was a, bad to the point i was really stretched thin I felt like I wasn't being able to take – thoroughly, adequately taking care of all my patients because I can only have enough time to do the bare necessities for each patient but not be able to thoroughly, like, research and, like, figure out what's going on with them, talk to the provider and do what – like, figure out what treatments we could be doing differently. Um, That was the thing. And I – like, once I get to one patient, I'm, like, thinking of my third patient. Like, my third patient has been sitting there for the past two hours because I haven't been able to – find the time to get to it and just i just like it doesn't feel good when your patients are sitting there
1: do you guys have like uh well this is like a question for uh all of you since you're more in the direct healthcare field than i am but is there like a support group that you guys can like go to and talk about these yeah
3: uh actually one of my workplace at the time did provide like a mental health or support group for you you know for nurses to go to i didn't really see I don't know, maybe I didn't f- see much benefit in it at the time or I didn't find it appealing to go to. Um, but uh, mentally for me, I did almost like tell my patient, I was, like, I'm about to quit <laughs> like this. I am like so close to like quitting. I can't handle this right now.
2: There is support groups because at the job that I'm at now, I was just like working at the desk and then I just hear like um, a girl like two cubicles over just crying just like so loud. She was she was like talking to a, um, we have what is called like care team coordinators or whatever. They just basically like help you with clinical questions. If when you, when you're on the field, you call them like, "Hey, I don't know what to do with this patient" or whatever. Or you can just go to them and be like, you know, like vent about your patient or like go through whatever problems you have. And she, I was just like, she was crying so loud and it was like full sobs, you know? Like, you know how people would, like, just cry and they're, like, sniffling? No, she was, like, like bawling. <laughs> uh, like Blubbering. Yeah, you they hear, like, words. wailing. I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what will happen, what the actual story is, but I imagine it was, like, a patient, like, passed away while she was out on the field with them, which is why, I, that's what I think what happened.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a hard thing to uh, cope with. To yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone
0: yeah. Burnout looks... Different for everyone, right? So like, like what do burnout look like for you guys, Vince? What, how, like, imagine when when was the last time you felt really burnout? What did that look like? Uh,
1: I mean, compared to all of you guys, I think mine is probably going to be the most
0: trivial because I don't I don't deal with patients. Can, can we hit pause here? So don't downplay yourself. Like, I don't think. What you're doing is trivial. Like I don't think that at all. Like without people like you doing like the research, doing the data analyzing, we wouldn't get a medication. We wouldn't get a the therapy to what we get today. Don't downplay yourself. Give yourself some credit. Right. Okay. Maybe maybe like not trivial, but uh
1: in terms of like the um the quickness, the pace of it, I think is definitely a lot uh more severe in like in your case, since you're working with, you know, the healthcare of patients whereas mine is like if i mess up it's just something you know that to report to to a manager so it's not something as um uh as critical i guess uh but basically for me i think i've definitely experienced more um uh burnout during covid just because of the amount of work that i guess uh, managers have expected us to do especially like once we're working from home because I, th- I guess one thing is uh, because we don't have that time to commute, some managers uh, expect you to just keep being productive even if you're at home. Um, I had some coworkers who felt like that. Um, and for me, my manager is okay. Like he, he makes sure that like we're taken care of and we take our breaks. Um, but also, I guess, for my mindset, sometimes – because I feel like I'm at home and I work remotely, the computer is always there. So and there's always more work to be done. So if I'm not doing work, like I'm just watching TV, I always feel like you know I'm not being productive. I'm not uh, contributing to. Um, That's interesting. You know, to the field. You know, we never really think about like how
2: people who work from home have a whole different kind of anxiety. It's just like because you you work from home. That is your workplace. And you can never leave your workplace. <laughs> yeah. It's always there. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just like. You develop some y- PTSD. PTSD. Oh, no. Work. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right, the next. You, do, yeah. Like you, the the next do- uh, room over. Like, oh, my
2: God. You walk by. Exactly? Every time you walk by
1: your, like, <laughs> <laughs> office, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> you <just flinch. laughs> I've been telling everyone, like, ever since we started working from home, that has, like, never been uh, a situation where I can be the most productive and the most effective just because of the anxiety of you know, my work is always there. When I was uh, working, so when I was doing my PhD, you had to go, you know, into the lab and do research. But then, you know, afterwards, after, you know, I finished my experiments, I can go home and relax. I don't have to worry about it until like the next day. Nowadays, it's, you know, my laptop's always there. So, you know, I always have something to do. So I always feel that anxiety.
2: Hey, why are you sitting around? Why aren't you,
1: uh... Doing more research, You're right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I'm scared, like maybe just peeking out at the camera. Like, okay, sure, I'm just like typing all the time, just doing something.
2: Wow. So, how do you manage that stress, or like, what do you do to
1: like separate home from work? Yeah. even even though they're the same place, right? So, so now um, my workplace has implemented a hybrid system where you can go into work whenever you can. So, I check. I try to take the opportunity to go in uh, whenever I can. Um, there are some days though I do get lazy and I you know s- still don't go in. But those are the days that I get. I actually do feel more anxious at home, surprisingly, than like when I'm at work working. Um, so that's one way. You know I try to go in as as much as I can. And then at home um, I have a dedicated office space, so I try to work there. Um, it doesn't always work. It always, you know, if I'm like <laughs> having done, you
2: close the door, <laughs> you lock it. All right, <laughs> that,
1: that's a smart idea. I should probably get a uh, set a, a, timer. a lock and a key. Yeah, <laughs> only unlocks after two hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's strategies I try to
0: try to use, but they don't always, uh, you know, they don't always work. Yeah, I think I think that's a good strategy though to be able to distinguish work f- versus home. Or like work versus daily life, because for me, like when I'm at work, it's like a different mindset that I have when I'm at work versus when I'm home. It's a different mindset, right? I goof around more. I'm, I, I, like I don't think about work all the time. But when I'm at work, all I can think of is okay, when's what's my next project? When's the next deadline? What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? That kind of deal. What's my emails looking like? Yeah, that, that's like my same mindset as well. Like, different
1: locations, I have a different mindset.
0: Yeah. Alan, what does burnout
1: look like for you? Um. Well, I deal directly with
2: patients, so I think it's very similar to how, like, TIN feels. It's the, like, when you get, it's the number of patients, the volume, and it's the kind of patients that you see. So, like, there are some that are more severe than others, or some that are just non-cooperative, you know? There's people who are just, like, they don't do what you want to, what you want them to do. Or there's people who are like, um, don't take your medical advice seriously. You know, you're like, all right, you are gonna throw a DVT, you know, or you're gonna have a pulmonary embolism if you don't listen to me, and you will drop dead. And they're like, well, guess I'll die then. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh my yeah, god. god. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's a mixture of both. Like, just how many patients you see, like. And, um, for me, I'm a very introverted person. I don't like socializing that much. So it's very hard for me to be in a (laughs) patient-centered profession where all I do is deal with people day after day.
3: So it's an interesting, like, dilemma. (laughs) So it's like putting yourself in, like, an uncomfortable environment. Each time you see a patient, like, ah, I gotta talk to this patient now. I'm like, uh, at the, like... So... What I do is I actually,
2: every morning I wake up a little bit earlier than I'm supposed to. Like, let's say I need to leave the house by 8 to get to work by 9. Or, yeah, I wake up by 8 and then leave the house by 8.30 or something. I would just wake up at, like, 7.45 and lay there and just, like, muster the energy. You know, it requires a lot of work, mental gymnastics for me to, like okay, I need to mentally prepare myself to deal with people or like socialize and interact with people. So I just wake up early and I just like work my way up to it. (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, now I need to get
1: up and get ready. (laughs) 7.45. Okay, I'm psyched. Let's go. Literally, it's like I psych myself up. I think a lot of professions or a lot of people with jobs kind of have like that same mindset as well. Like if you don't really love your job, you know, you have to really suck yourself, you know, to get up and go. Um, It's the same thing with me. It's not like, I'm not like in love with what I do. So like, it's not like, you know, every day I'm like looking forward to like going in an office. I use my job more so as a, uh, as a means to, (laughs) to uh, (laughs) to Uh, in general, I do like what I do, but like, it's not, it's not my passion. Basically, I like, well, I don't like dealing with patients, but, I think there are aspects
2: of physical therapy that can involve physical therapy, but not patient care. They could be like, um, like research or, um, some, like some care team stuff. Like they'll call me while they're in the field and be like, Hey, I have a physical therapy question and then I can answer it for them, but not have to Mm -hmm. deal deal with the patient. Mm Could
1: you like pivot to something?
2: Yeah. But right now, I'm just like trying to build experience so that I can do that in the future.
0: Yeah, I feel like right now, you're paying your dues so that you can get there.
2: Exactly. Plus, I'm making a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's nice. That's a a
3: big motivation for a lot of us. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's a bonus right there, for sure. But uh, I guess in terms of burnout for me, um, you can definitely tell at work. You you can see other people's faces. They're just not as happy. Um, people are just more stressed at least in the work in the environment that I'm in um, and if burnout to me is what, it, what it really comes out to be when your work definitely affects your home environment as well like if you're taking this work with you at home if you're stressed at work and you're taking that stress back home with you too and you don't feel like doing anything at home then I think the burnout's there like your passion is gone your motivation is gone you're just kind of dreading every like you know, every time you have to go back to work and you're just taking some of your work mm-hmm. with you home and it's affecting your home life. You're not doing anything to help yourself at home either. Um, have you experienced that recently? Recently? No. Uh, let me think about this. I was definitely burnt out at, like, tired of my workplace because of the working conditions that it was yeah. giving me, you know. I mean, uh, that
2: can contribute to burnout too. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like, environment. But it was, it really wasn't affecting my home environment you know like i just knew i was i think i've uh i want to say outgrown but i've like gained enough experience there that i wasn't like growing enough anymore i've you know learned everything everything but mostly anything that i can there and i think being somewhere else would be definitely be beneficial for I mean, me that's a part of well-being too the
2: like feeling complacent and not feeling like you're you're growing as a professional and you're not developing your skills more you feel like stuck Mm -hmm. that can affect your like mental health too Mm -hmm. i mean i guess i I mean you got
3: out yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i i felt like i was being trapped there for a while i was like i i gotta i gotta find a way out of here i gotta find another place i mean luckily a lot of places had a lot of openings so i had a lot of friends and families contacting me um to see whether or not I was be interested in joining their like their uh, hospital or a a faculty position, so a, a prestige hospital, you know. Um, but yeah, and luckily I just laid out all my options. I figured out that travel nursing was the best thing for me. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, have I felt burnout? I guess you could say so. It definitely hasn't affected with me. Like I mean, you are burnout.
0: Oh, uh, like of that place yeah of of that, that work, place <laughs> of yeah that hospital um yeah like we've all felt burnout one time or another not even doesn't even have to be work it can just be something that like part of our responsibility yeah you know mm-hmm. we're just like tired of it and then you know it's important i think it's important to realize it like to recognize it and then in order to do something about it, you have to recognize it. So that's that's I think that's really important to recognize, be able to recognize what burnout look like for you, you know, and then we can help get better. And one of the things that you can do to get better is basic is like self care, and I think like this is this is huge um, for me. It's just self care, like taking care of yourself, be kind to yourself, like loving yourself. Well, one, one I think one of the self
1: care Tips that I can give, like this, goes back to what you mentioned uh, earlier, is about um, you know self care. You said you know self care is not just physical but mental, but I think part of self care should be physical as well. Yeah. Right. So for me, since I started working remotely, um, one thing that I've kind of neglected was my physical health, and I feel like that was definitely taking a toll on me. Like first physically, you know, I just felt bad, you know, without my body. Like before uh, I got my Remote job. I was uh, going to the gym regularly, and then I, I sort of stopped that for like um, a little bit before COVID, and then definitely during COVID, uh, I didn't you know worked out at all. And only started recently, and I feel so much better uh, right now. Like first, I get the gains from you know going to the gym, but mentally, I can talk too. all day about this. <laughs> Please, <laughs> yeah, do. yeah, you know, you're in this. This is literally my
2: job. So physical health and mental health are tied so closely that. Um, there are studies that show that people live, um, like I was looking at a uh, study, with people 80 years or older or something, 65 years and older, they live, uh, the median life expectancy increased by 10 years from people, uh, geriatric people doing exercise because they just are, they feel better. That makes them more act like, like it's a cycle. So if you, if your body feels better you're more excited to do things and then you the more you do things the happier you are and then it it feeds into itself
0: so. you heard it from a physical therapist <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's not like heavy exercise right like it's, it doesn't have to be anything intense uh, i'm a physical therapist
2: i only do 30 minutes of exercise a day yeah that's all you really need <laughs> that's all you need yeah. you need like people who work out like an hour at the gym like good for them but even if you just get like 10 minute sessions three times a day like you just do it at home you'll start to feel better you like which makes you like more alert more active and then that makes you work out more and then it just like keeps going
3: so not a vicious cycle but a
0: happy cycle yeah Yeah. you know a positivity (laughs) cycle what is that saying you look good you feel good you good. it goes both ways though so if you
2: um are not exercising it you you're more likely to develop depression anxiety and other you know
0: problems in some ways i think it goes back to our instinct like our basic human instinct as a species so like think about it like when we were cavemen Right, like this is it goes all the way back to that. Like stress is always around us. Doesn't matter what time period, you know. As cavemen, there's you know we always have to be on the lookout for other predators, right? So fight or flight. Yeah, that fight or flight response. So if you hear leaves rustling in the bushes afar, like you you become anxious as a person, as a human, you become anxious. Like what the heck is in that bush? Is it a tiger or is it a little rabbit that's gonna jump out at me? Right? Are you gonna stand there and wait? for to, to see what jumps out at you no you're gonna run right I'm not taking my chance if that's a tiger or if that's a like a dinosaur you're gonna run you're gonna do something about it so you're physically doing something to address your anxiety your stress now in in the modern day today we don't have we don't have tigers on the loose in the bushes we don't have dinosaurs in the bushes but we have other stress factors we have-, we have houses and mortgages to worry right. about right so like responsibilities we still have stress it's just not a um not a life or death stress but it's still yeah stress yeah. and it still triggered that flight that that fight or flight response like if you get in a car you drive somewhere you're already anxious you're already stressed right if you're starting to drive you're already anxious you're like oh my god like is this person gonna hit me from behind like am i gonna get in an accident today why is this person cutting me off? You're already going through all that. You're already under stress. Just driving. I was just talking about this the other day with someone. Like,
2: driving tires me out so much. Because you're making thousands and thousands of micro decisions a second, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. And you are just... And then there's real big like, decisions like you're making in real time, but then there's a million of like tiny processes you're making like, and then by the end of it, I'm like, whew.
1: Yeah, you're just tired from yeah. like, having all that thinking.
3: On top of those decisions, you're making the observations on top of that. Yeah, and you always you make,
0: have to look out yeah, for
3: things. Exactly. And then you make decisions based on those operas- yeah. observations too. And you def- you have your own logical process on why you're making these decisions. I'm like, all right, so yeah. there's a red light going on here. There's no, no turn on red signs. There's no cars going by. I think I'm going to make this right turn now. You know, it's like...
0: Yeah, and I guess that's that's why I think... Just being active or exercising helps because it helps release all that. Like you're doing, you're physically doing something. You're doing something physically yeah. to kind of relieve that anxiety, relieving that stress. So yeah. I think that's why a lot of you're directing a lot of
2: your like energy into something. Yeah. yeah. So even people who like who don't exercise, they if they have like projects, they do like passion projects or like things that they hone in on and they just develop. They, direct all of their energy towards like their new hobby or something. That's also a way to like channel all that like that negative energy uh, into something.
0: Like, oh, if, if you're into like building houses or something, that's your hobby. Oh, I'm going to build the heck out of that house. That explains today. a lot because yeah.
3: recently I've been feeling like, I don't know. I feel like my anxiety has been getting up to me recently. But I think like bef- ever since, not since I've been living in this house, but I think it has crept up with me. After living in this house since I moved in, um, and I realized I don't have any of my boxing gear here, which I use at my parents' house as a, I guess, a way for me to vent or express myself. I have to hit. I like to hit my like, um, my boxing double bag or my boxing bob or punching bag. I guess you can say you have a speed bag too. I remember right, uh, not a speed bag, but the the double end bag is uh, where it's like tied to the yeah, but yeah, I use that. I get I think ever since I stopped using it. I just like I'm kind of bottling things up, and like anxiety has been kind of getting to me a little bit recently. But I, but I'm trying to get my best to get everything over here, so I can start doing that again.
0: (laughs) I've heard I've heard this on a TED talk. Um, The lady was like, "If you ever feel like you really like, if you just experience something that made you really anxious, and you feel like it's it's like eating you up, it's really in there." She said, just do like 10 jumping jacks real quick. Just go outside, do 10 jumping jacks. Just do something physically about it, you know, like get your body going, get your blood pressure going, you know, so, and then you'll feel better. I um, approve this yeah. message. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice.
3: The minimal I've been doing is just doing pull-ups and that's helping me get by just a little bit, but I've, I really want to like exert my negative energy onto Bob, for example. So my punching Bob, so. I think that's why I enjoy hiking so much. So I'm
2: a, I'm, I love hiking and camping and stuff. I think hiking is, it's not a very demanding activity, but it can be, you know? And it's very satisfying when you're just like, wow, I walked like five and a half miles. I'm, I feel great, you know? And it's, it's a combination of like, m- like mental health and physical health because you're looking around at nature and you feel so at peace and you're just like, and you're working out, it's like, everybody should go hiking. <laughs> and you get
0: all you know, that fresh air that you don't get in the city. That's true.
3: Be one with nature, y'all.
0: For me, I I enjoy hiking as well. For me, hiking also serves as a way to kind of, like, change the pace that I'm at. Like, it slows me down. Yeah. Like, at work, sometimes I get really caught up with different things. I'm, I'm like, I feel really, like, like anxious or, like, angsty. I'm like, oh, I ha- like I I'm just twitchy so going hiking it just like slows you down kind of like mellow me out and like kind of r- a good reset in a way
3: i think hiking is also a good opportunity to reflect on yourself as well as you're like walking you know at a good moderate speed that you, you can handle um And you're not talking to anyone. You just kind of get into that zone where you just kind of start thinking about things in your head. Nothing too like anxiety reading, but you're just kind of making out what you're, you know, what's going on in your life. And like, like to
2: process and like sift through all the things that you're dealing with. Like it gives you perspective because you're like, when you think about a a problem without all the, like the, look at look at it very objectively and there's not all the surrounding um, noise. It's like you look at the problem and you're like, oh, it wasn't even that big of a deal to begin with. You know, it seems very small compared to like when you're out in nature, like it, the it makes the world seem bigger and all your problems seem a little bit smaller. You're like, why was I so stressed out about this?
0: <laughs> Have you guys ever felt like you've judged yourself too harshly all the time? Dude. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you kidding me? So how do you, how do you get that voice out of your head? What do you tell yourself? part of my um
2: so I have I was never like form I don't know but but anyway I've always had a lot of anxiety and it's always been um internal like it's never been from other like sources like I was never anxious about what's what was going on around me it was just like inside like it was more about okay why am I acting so weird like do they think do does this person hate me does it's like more self criticism like oh my god why are you acting this way you know it it was very um like self directed internal and very like self loathing and i've talked about this on other pod or on our other episodes before but it was just like it took a lot of time and a lot of work obviously to i don't know just distance myself from that voice and realize that it is that is my anxiety and it is not um like it's not who I am. It's more like a little little devil voice. Whispering. Like that's not the reality. Right.
0: Right. Like that's just you creating that environment for yourself. Like that's not what the reality is. Yeah. I think you need to like put yourself
1: in like other people's shoes and, and like and think if like they see yourself in that perspective like that's sometimes i i guess do that sort of exercise like if i if i've done something that i thought might have been like a little bit weird for example i would say like oh did the other person like i would think of that in the other person's perspective and see if like they were like would have noticed or yeah. like but if I, they had they would have made like a the comment thing is, or something
2: i probably wasn't doing anything weird or i wasn't doing anything like it was literally just a voice from nowhere for no reason you know, it wasn't, like, it was, like, it wasn't even, like, I was doing anything. It was just still that, it's always in the back of my mind, like,
1: you know, I, chattering I think, at you. Well, I, don't, I can't speak for everyone, but right. yeah, I have, like, that voice as well, like, going in all the time. And it's, like, a constant, Um, yeah, it's just, like, a little person, right? Just, like, kind of judging you a little bit. Um. On like your your actions and everything, um, and sometimes it does make you, or at least it, sometimes it does make me anxious too, and like makes me feel uh, a certain way, a bit like more apprehensive of what I'm doing and how I'm feeling. Um, but I think like on the other, on the flip side, you can also like you know you have to make yourself another voice, like one that would sort of. Um, speak to your accolades like stuff that you've done that hasn't been like you know so weird like you've always been in like a comfortable environment you know you ever remember that do you remember what hip said when he came on the on the the show he was like he has that
2: voice and he's like i just ignore it i was like what (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. pretty much yeah (laughs) i was like
3: you just ignore it wow what power (laughs) yeah you just have to basically anything that's negative in your head just
1: got to ignore it. Yeah, I think I Before just me.
2: learned to um, stop caring as much. Like it, would, it was like um, it was like oh, why are you doing that? Like people are gonna think you're weird or people hate you or you know. It's that line of thought. I got to a point in my life where I was like, it's okay, you know. Like as long as you are okay with yourself and you don't care what other people are thinking it's it'll it'll be okay you know that's true
0: yeah like being able to negate that voice i think is super important like because you're it's, you're doing self harm basically by just letting that voice take over and letting it dictate how you think or how you act every day you know even with your friends mm-hmm. You know, like, like what you were saying, Alan, you're like, oh, like, did I do something? Well, was that weird that I just did? Or like, so then it stops you from being yourself.
2: Exactly. You know, what's a, a, so if for people who are listening, who actually want like a concrete strategy, something to actually do that makes, that helped me, I wrote everything down. So, um, I just like bought a journal and I started writing. Like, if I had a negative thought about myself, I would write it down and then, I would close the book and then come back to it in like a day or two and read it again and be like, why did I think that about myself? You know, like, and then I would just, and then if there's a good thought, I would write that down too. close the book and then come back to it and then be like, that is still true about me. I'm still doing this cool thing or I'm still like, I still believe this about myself and that, um, that old, like, you know, it's just like, that old me is still,
0: you know, me. I think writing it down helps. Because, it externalizes it because right. then it's like
2: I could just keep telling myself,
3: but then I don't actually believe it, you know. Like mm-hmm. it's it's until weird. you have it like until you have it like an actual visual, something you can hold in your hand and read back to yourself, right? Like, so like a the journal. P- the problem with my anxiety was, it was that um, I would tell myself
2: negative things and believe it, and then I would tell myself like no you're actually not like that but I wouldn't believe what I was saying until I wrote it down and then it made it physical made it real and th- that's what helped me I don't know if it'll help other people but just seeing it out in like your own handwriting it feels very satisfying like
3: yeah like
2: there there it is You know? It's do you ever
3: out. hit a point where you start doubting yourself and then you kind of refer it back to your, to your book and like wow I need to get back to where I was here like this is when I was at my like peak. Um like self love and self like care and like your best your best self. Like you're like, I need to get back to this point. And then does that like help you reset and like get you back to that point? It does. Because you're thinking,
2: um, there are times where you think like, Man, I'll never be like happy or never be like excitable again. I'll never be like fun and then you look at the book and you're like oh yeah i remember i did that i was fun i was happy and i can get there again you know yeah like you're still you exactly that's
0: what i was trying to say yeah
2: Yeah. it was hard to verbalize it yeah (laughs)
0: like you're still you that's still alan (laughs) i i do
3: hear a lot from our uh listeners that how, how how great they you know, they appreciate our episodes. So it's nice to know that people are getting something from this when we talk, you know, when we talk with them.
1: Yeah, because a lot of listeners have, like, the same feeling, and then, like, sometimes you're just so inside your head, you don't know if other people are feeling the same thing. So it's nice to hear that other people have the same worries and, you know, anxieties. you're not
0: alone. Like, you are not alone. Like, whatever you're feeling or experiencing, you're not alone. So resiliency is when it's your ability to bounce back from, from uh, from anything, basically, uh, from anything that's negatively, negatively impact your life, like that's resiliency. So, this researcher came up with a very helpful tool for you to become a resilient individual in society. You know, the first thing, the f- she said, the mo- the first and probably most important thing that you need to realize, or you need to be able to do, is accept that you're not alone. You know, whatever that happened to you, it probably happened to someone else.
2: <laughs> You're not that special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably the first and most important thing. And then the second thing she says that, will, that you should do is not focus solely on the negative, you know, but also acknowledge the positive in your life at that moment. You don't, you don't need to be, like, super positive that it becomes toxic, like that toxic positivity. Like, you don't need that. But at least acknowledge the positives in your life without just solely focusing on the negative. Accept that, hey, this happened, but at least here's what could have, like, it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. This could have happened, but it didn't. I still have X. I still have Y. I still have Z. I like that. Acknowledge the positives Recogn- yeah, I like
2: that yeah. recognize and acknowledge the positives and then don't focus on the negatives yeah. I like that
0: yeah. ask yourself this question is what you're doing now helping or hurting yourself you know like let's say a, a, you know something happened like a tragic happens, whatever so ask yourself is what you're doing right now complaining moping or just feeling sorry for yourself is that helping you is that helping the situation or is it just making it worse you know just being just ask that question and being able to answer it honestly that will help pull you up you know get up get off your your butts and let's let's move on let's let's do something about it let's make it better let's let's work let's get to work and yeah, that's like high emotional iq and like not a lot of people
1: have that i think like a lot of people it's it's i think that's probably like a skill or like that's something that you can like develop you know over time you just have to realize that right and then like reflect on yourself
2: some people are just more positive than others though (laughs) who are able to just you know it's it's a lot easier for them to compartmentalize that emotion like just put a cover around it and then you know push it out of them
0: and also like acknowledge that or aware that or accept the fact that we're emotional creatures. Mm-hmm. Humans are no, emotional creatures. No
2: you're an emotional
0: creature. <laughs> <laughs> just because I said emotion, just because it doesn't have to be a sad emotion, yeah. Alan. Any kind of emotion, it's a whole spectrum. Like have you seen inside out? Like we have we have five emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. We have five whole emotions? Yeah, and they're all different colours. <laughs> I actually haven't seen Inside Out yet. Oh, man. I <laughs> recommend <laughs> it. Oh, You gotta watch that
1: tonight. you damn, didn't, You really, like, it's such a great movie.
0: Yeah. Is that the one with the
3: little bright color animated character? Uh, yeah, like, they're the little, like, inside their head? That, that would be still, Joy.
1: Ah, like to.
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. You have to watch that. It's. Tin <laughs> will oh, cry man. for sure. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Bro, I you gotta I watch so watching it. that. Yeah. It, <sighs> it's pretty good. It's all right. That's on my list, though. Well, I guess at the end of the day, or at the end of this episode, really, hopefully you're able to. You know, pick up some uh, advice, some things that we share. Hopefully that will help you, you know, you know, address what's going on and, you know, help you think about your problems differently. You know, we're always here to to listen and we can always do another podcast on this. For sure. I'm always down for this. Well, let's wrap up the episode here. Thank you again, Alan, Tin, and Vince for joining me today. Thank you, Cast for this awesome collaboration. You know, hopefully, we'll have more collabs in the future. I'm a huge fan of your, your show. So thank you for coming on. Oh, Thank you, you for welcome. having us.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank and you. as always, guys, thanks for listening.